Hello, everybody. Welcome to Soul Sense with Sulkina 2.0, Season 2. So excited. This is the podcast to listen to if you're into mind, body, and soul alignment and wellness. If you're a returning listener, so glad that you're back. If you're new here, welcome to our little world and community. Today's episode is so exciting. I want to start including practical spiritual tips. So today's episode is all about mindfulness. We spoke with Matt Horseman. He's a coach and an author that is very passionate about mindfulness and he really teaches people to uncomplicate the practice of mindfulness and meditation. The episode actually got way deeper than I thought it was going to be, but then what was I expecting? Mindfulness is a very deep subject. Um, We started talking about deprogramming and how to get out of our autopilot thinking, how to check in with your thoughts throughout the day, and how to truly cultivate a deep practice of self-love. So if those are some of the things that you're interested in learning, learning how to be present, how to be mindful, how to love yourself, how to forgive yourself, how to be compassionate with yourself, understanding, it's such a good episode. If you love all that, then stay tuned and listen to the episode. If you didn't already know, I offer services now. If you would like guidance on your love life, on your career, or general soul guidance, then you can book a tarot reading with me. I also do one-on-one sessions where we go deep on what are some of the things that are blocking you, or if you would like to find your soul purpose, I can help you do that. This is basically my one-on-one meditation session. So we work together, find out what you need to transform into your most authentic best self and I'll create a guided meditation or affirmation track for you to listen to for like 30 days and trust me I promise you I can transform your life so if you're interested in any of that if you're interested in working with me then the link to book is in the show notes or you could always go to my instagram soulsense.withsilkina the link is in the bio follow me while you're at it. That's it. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Let me know on my Instagram. Message me. I love getting DMs from you guys. I will see you next week. Love you guys. Okay, so Matt, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Soul Sense with Sulkina podcast. I was just saying that you are our first guest after the hiatus. So it's kind of an honor. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let's just start by asking you. I love asking this question because we are sort of, I guess, transitioning post-pandemic maybe I don't know but what are some of the things that you like to do to make yourself feel safe and grounded within yourself yeah that's a great question and and thanks Sokina so much for for having me on especially as a first guest post-hiatus uh, let's hope we can well um yeah so staying grounded that's a great question so the I just released a book and it's all about I call it don't think of it as mindfulness and it's all about checking in, like a really distilled form of mindfulness. And 
the first part of the book talks about finding your own check-in method. Um, for me, it's something really simple. Like I keep a, a wooden bow tie in my pocket. Um, I know listeners can't see this, but I'll show you. It's just something that I picked up a little trinket on a vacation I was on with my wife. And a couple of weeks later, I found myself for some reason, I was like, this is still in my pocket. Like I'm still keeping it around. And I didn't know why, but I was like, Hey, I can lean into this because I was exploring ways to kind of check in mindfully throughout the day. So I thought, well, I can use this. So I kept it, I keep it in my back pocket. So it annoyingly reminds me it's there every time I sit down <laughs> and it's a reminder to, to just check in, um, to just kind of take a breath and look around and go, okay, where am I? Okay. I'm safe. Everything's good. What do I, what am I doing right now? What do I want to be doing? Um, yeah. And, and for me, it's uh, it is a way to keep me grounded. It's a way to kind of snap me out of autopilot and, and remind me that, just that I am safe and, and everything's good right now. Even if I check in in the middle of a storm, right? It's, it's a little second to go like, Hey, like I'm going to get through this. Everything will be okay. Yeah. I love that idea of having a tangible product. That's usually what I like to do when I'm traveling. Um, I travel with like mala beads and, you know, sometimes when you're on vacation, it's really, well, it's not hard. It's, you know, I'm making excuses, but it's like, sometimes <laughs> you don't really have time to like wake up in the morning and do like 30 minute meditation. So like when I have my mala beads with me, I just kind of chant uh, mantras and just having that tangible object is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you putting it in your back pocket. So when you sit down, you're like, ouch, okay. <laughs> I'm in my body. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And also like the fact that I have an alarm that goes off every two hours, it literally says affirm. So whenever it goes off, mm. I'm just like, okay, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. Like I literally keep my affirmations really simple. So right. I think the idea of checking in is yeah, super cool. Yeah. And I mean, you nailed it when you said that sometimes we don't have the time or maybe even if we have the time, we don't have the interest or energy to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes, right? And there seems to be this connection because mindfulness is such a, a mainstream topic now. There seems to be a connection to, in the beginner's mind that mindfulness is meditation. Like they are one and the same. And to appreciate the benefits of mindfulness, you have to meditate for 20 minutes a day or whatever. And it's just simply not true. I mean, if meditation is what does it for you, that's amazing. I encourage you to do it, but it's not necessary. Um, so yeah, something even, I mentioned that in the book, like setting an alarm on your phone is a great example of, of something to remind you to check in and it can say anything. Um, for me, I focus a lot on getting off autopilot. So for me, an alarm would say like, wake the hell up, <laughs> right? Just something that yeah. <laughs> kind of shocks me. Oh, oh yeah, I was kind of sleeping there. <laughs> Um, but yeah. gratitude is a great one. And, and yeah, whatever, whatever you're after, um, uh, some kind of routine you can build into your day, a habit you can build in your day that only takes a couple seconds can, can take you really far. Yeah. So um, tell us more about your book. Why did you call it? Don't think of it as mindfulness. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. So why did you yeah. decide to go with that title? Yeah. Well, like I said, because it's such a mainstream topic now, it's such a loaded word, mindfulness right? It comes packed with all these preconceived notions that I enjoy challenging, frankly. And I find that focusing on the words checking in, I mean, there's, there's no way I invented that phrase. It's, it's, it's packed everywhere, but really zooming in on that and think of it 
just as that is checking in. That is being mindful, right? In its most distilled form, being present. Um, so yeah, it, it was born out of frustration, like a lot of ideas are, because I had meditation in my life for like a decade. And I was, I'd gotten quote unquote good at it, right? And, and by that, I mean that, you know, I mean, even if I had meditated for a couple months, let's say I could sit down and fairly quickly, I could kind of drop back into it, empty my mind or find the space between the thoughts and, and really get the benefit out of it. But I recognize that, okay, that felt amazing during the meditation. And I felt amazing for a few minutes afterwards, but then I went right back to my life right? Right back on autopilot or right back into my everyday routines. So that was another reason that it was that this book was born was trying to find a way to distill mindfulness that it's accessible anywhere, anytime. And you can get those benefits whenever you need them. And not necessarily just when you have time to, I mean, put on a flowing water soundtrack and, and clear the, the air in the room and, and set the perfect stage, right? That's amazing if you can do it, but we don't always have access to that. Yeah, exactly. And I I kind of agree when you said that, like the word is loaded and I kind of feel like people are even scared to kind of get into it because it's like people just want to do it right. Like when it comes to like meditations, especially it's, and, and so just that thought of wanting to do it right stops them from doing it. And this is also why I love, you know, like the practice of mindfulness, because I actually heard this quote I can't remember who said it, but it it said something along the lines of meditation is when you go inward and the practice of mindfulness is when you take it outward. So it's like when you're washing the dishes, it's like being really mindful and like feeling it in your hands, like feeling the soap in your hands, like the water in your hands. So I thought that was like a really good quote. Yeah. And, and, and you struck a chord there with me because I talk about that a lot is it, it is intimidating mindfulness is, it can seem very intimidating and that can be a huge barrier. So anything I can do to contribute, knocking that barrier down and, and, and encouraging people that, man, it can be as simple as you let it be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that because sometimes we just, we create so many rules around it. Like I also personally, I haven't meditated like just, I think this week was when I started my practice again, I haven't meditated like in the past, I want to say three months, like I've maybe I've done it like three times in the past three months, but I have been mindful throughout my days. You know what I mean? Like I check in with my thoughts and I'm aware of like how I feel and I'm aware of my thoughts and my emotions. And so I have realized also that there is no wagon that you're falling off of, you know, cause that's just life. <laughs> it's, it's right. not about restarting. It's not about, you know, doing it badly or doing it good. Like it's really just about being mindful throughout the day. And like, I guess even throughout the hours or like minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's another very important point. I find it's something that's lacking not entirely, but I don't think it's where it should be, is that mentioning self-compassion when it comes to mindfulness and meditation. And, and you said it perfectly. It's not like we're falling off a wagon. There is no wagon, right? And I find that that's a tendency of, of people who almost need mindfulness the most is people who have a, a tendency to beat themselves up, right? And that habit can come into play when someone's trying mindfulness for the first time. 
if they feel like they're doing it wrong, right, which there's no such thing, they're not being mindful enough, again, which doesn't even make sense when you think about it, but it it's real for them, right? And when that comes up, the tendency, again, the habit is beat yourself up. Oh, man, I didn't meditate. You I mean, like you said, I meditated three times in the past three months. Oh, man, like I screwed up. Like I gotta get back on track, blah, blah, blah. And if we can practice self-compassion in those moments, and, and the very first thing we do is forgive ourselves, right? Just go, it's totally okay that I didn't hit some expectation that I set for myself. Um, I just need to forgive myself and start again. Yeah. And you also mentioned earlier about like living an autopilot. So, you know, for people that are not aware of what that means, can you just explain what does it mean when we're operating out of our autopilot and how did we even get there? Right. Yeah. It's a very sneaky thing. And to piggyback on the self-compassion thing, I think right out of the bat, you need to understand that autopilot is very useful. We need it, right? Uh, to, to strive to become the next Buddha, right? It, it's a, it's an exhausting endeavor. I've, I've tried to get there and it was just, it was a worthless pursuit. Oh gosh, me too. Because <laughs> you need autopilot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need autopilot in your life. You need, you need to be able to kind of check out sometimes and that's totally fine. But we need to ask ourselves if autopilot is serving us, right? And when it's not serving us to give a couple examples of the difference between autopilot and not as they coming home from work, and you're exhausted. And next thing you know, you're four episodes into a show. Like you just kind of go like, holy crap, how did that happen? I don't even remember deciding to watch this. And here I am watching an entire season. And again, that's totally okay. But you're, you'd be a million miles ahead if you got home from work, you, you checked in, you went, okay, I'm exhausted. You know what? I need Netflix right now. I need to just chill out. So I give myself permission to do so. And that's, that's fine, right? The result is the same in, in, in that you watched four episodes of a show, but you were in scenario A, it just kind of happened to you. And in scenario B, you gave yourself permission. You made an active choice to go through with watching Netflix or another example would be your morning routine, right? A lot of us have one and we can do it with our eyes closed and we just kind of wake up, roll out of bed, brush our teeth, cereal, whatever it is. The same thing, right? You can wake up tomorrow morning and first thing, ask yourself like, hey, do I want to continue with the routine? Do I want to let it happen to me this morning? And even if the answer is yes, that's still 100% okay. You've given yourself the choice, right? And and then it's not just happening to you. You're, you're actually choosing for it to take place. Yeah, I guess it's about like not feeling guilty about whatever that you decide to do because you make a conscious decision to do it right so it's mm -hmm. like if you want to do this for your morning routine like you don't have to feel bad for not doing other things because I used to have like an elaborate morning routine like I would wake up at <laughs> five in the morning yeah. and like you know I'm like okay what can I do for my mind body and soul and I would have to be like I don't know if you well you can't see but I have like a trampoline behind me I'm like I have to like jump okay. on the trampoline and I gotta like meditate and then I have to you know what I mean like it's like a whole thing and yep. I realized that I was doing it because I thought that that was what I was supposed to do to kind of get into that flow state right. but now I have like a much more fluid and a much more sustainable morning routine 
Um, right now I'm kind of getting into tapping. So it's like, that's my non-negotiable right now. But yeah, again, if I miss a day or two, like I don't really beat myself up because I'm, I'm conscious about it. It's, it's the same thing, I guess, because I talk a lot about like food freedom. It's, it's the same thing with like eating, you know, it's like, there's no point in eating food and then feeling guilty if you make the conscious choice to do so, you know, it's only if you're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, if, kind of like you're on autopilot and by the way when you were talking about that that's me with tiktok like i'm scroll i'm like in a scroll <laughs> hole like every yep. night before bed yep. and then i wake up and i'm like why do i feel so tired i'm like i was literally staring at a blue light screen for like an hour right. before bed like that's not a good idea yeah exactly um so tell us more about what brought you to the practice of mindfulness like why did you want to understand it um on a deeper level Yeah so like I said it's been in my life in one shape or another for a decade at least now and when I think back to when I first let it into my life it's it was born out of I'm sure the same for everyone else or a lot of people it's it felt like something I should be doing right? Like you, you see it in the mainstream media and you hear about all the benefits and you see people so peaceful and calm and they just seem like, man, that's the life I want, right? I want to feel that way. So I need to meditate. That was just an equation, right? So you needed to, to fulfill the, the conditions. And yeah, I, I studied mindfulness a little bit and got interested enough to, to try it out. And like I said, I got quote unquote good at it. I don't think there is such a thing, but I got a lot more comfortable with it. Because at first, as I'm sure you remember, there's just when you're sitting down and trying to empty your mind, that's like an impossible task, right? It's I don't like, even want to oh try that God. anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's too much. So when you when you get to that space, yeah, when you get to that space where you're you can, you feel like, oh my God, I did it. Like I'm um, victory, right? <laughs> but uh again, I, I realized that okay, like this feels great during and a few minutes after, but and, and that frustration was what led me to explore it further. So when you ask, like, understand it in a deeper way, it was only within the past year or two that that frustration came to a point where I realized, like, I got to look into this a bit deeper. And that's when I started to separate meditation from mindfulness and to understand mindfulness in its most distilled way. I remember um, on social media, I pitched this idea for the book, right? I just kind of put it out to a bunch of strangers. And so I'm curious what people would think about this. And at the time I had a 4,500 word draft, like it was just its infancy. And the first comment, someone goes, you don't effing need 4,500 words to explain mindfulness. (laughs) I'm like, okay. I was like, I thought about it for a second. I'm like, you know what? And I replied to him. I said, you're completely right. I was like, you know what? I can do better. I can explain it in two words, be present right? That's the whole book. There you go. But it's not right that understanding that is not the same as, as experiencing it, right? So that's when I went, okay, like, how can we, how can we distill this in a practical way where people actually understand what it is to be present and what it takes to be present? Because what it takes, like I said, is not necessarily meditating for 20 minutes a day. What it takes is just snapping out of autopilot in whatever way you can in the book, I give the simple example of going and looking at yourself in the mirror and saying hi, because it's it's something just weird enough and just awkward enough 
that it kind of snaps you out of it for a second and go, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> and, and it's, it, that's it. Like in that moment, you're experiencing mindfulness. Like you're, you're in the present. And if you can recreate that moment with a check-in habit, then you're a lot closer to, to, yeah, living a more uh, present life. That is such a good practice. I'm going to start doing that. I have like mirrors everywhere in my room. It's going to be awkward. Just be like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, <Hi."> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And also this stuff, right. Yeah, totally. And I guess like even mirror work in general is really powerful. Right. I, I did like, um, I think it was Louise Hay that had her like 21 day mirror work challenge or something like that. And some days were easy and some days were tough because, you know, I didn't realize how tough it could get just looking at yourself in the mirror and like looking into your eyes Mm. and just telling yourself, like, like you said, hi. And like, I love you. Like, I don't think I've ever said that to myself. Mm. I always wanted to hear other people say that to me, but it's like, how come I never say that to myself? That's why my affirmation now, it's like, I love myself. Like, I love myself. I love Mm. myself. I have to tell myself that I love myself because how come I don't hear it from me, but I get angry when people don't say it to me. You know, it's like, why aren't you telling me that you love me? Like, I actually said that to like (laughs) a previous partner the other day. I'm like, how come you don't tell me you love me anymore? You know, and it's like, why am I asking him for it? (laughs) Like, I should be telling it to myself. Yeah. No, I got, I got goosebumps there. Cause that, that's something that is very new to me to that. First of all, having realized that I was operating for so long with the thought I'm not enough or I'm not good enough, or I don't deserve love. Like I'm sure there's so many people out there. Like I was operating and wondering why the hell my life's not going according to plan or, or why I'm not finding happiness. It's well, your operating system is telling you that you suck. <laughs> right so understanding that is step one for sure just noticing it but yeah step two it can be hard and it can be easy but it it's saying like no I love you like to yourself and I am enough and I am good enough and I do deserve love and happiness and just by being a human being like there's no preconditions right there's no test you have to take there's no you don't need external validation if you if you can find that within yourself then bam you're on track. Absolutely. I kind of feel like that's the journey that I'm on right now is I'm not going to seek external validation for things Mm. that I want to feel like safety, security, love, happiness. Like I need to find ways to kind of reignite those feelings within myself. And yes, same like you, it's like, you know, I'm kind of just understanding my operating system, you know, seeing like the past four years of my life. I'm like, how did I get here? You know, it's like, I thought I would be here. And again, it comes with like understanding and self-compassion and there's no judgment, but it's like, okay, I need to check myself. Like, how did I get Mm. to this point in time? Like, this is not what I thought that my life would look like. And there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like, I can do so much better, you know? And now I'm kind of realizing that I am the creator of my reality. And if I did that, then what would happen if I just changed the way I thought about myself? Yeah. And, and that's the funny thing about all the kind of woo woo and magic and everything that you, you kind of have to sort of be a believer in, but 
the same time, like even if you take like the Western view and you need evidence, try loving yourself first and then see what happens with the rest of the world. Like they're going to start loving you. You're going to start seeing that love pour in because you have accepted it yourself first. Right. And that's the evidence just comes in in waves. Oh my God. Okay. I love this so much. Like this is exactly <laughs> where I am in my life. And you just, yeah, you just like totally spoke to my soul. Um, so aside from like mirror work, what do you think are some of um, other easy ways for our listeners if they want to practice more present? So what are some of the ways or some of the things that they can do to be more present in their days? Yeah. So that is the very first section of the book. It's finding your own check-in method. So like I said, right now I'm using a wooden bow tie. I don't expect you to have a wooden bow tie. <laughs> I'm not going to try to sell you one, right? I'm using it because it means something to me. And I find so often that we we read self-help books or self-improvement books or find podcasts and, and we latch on to the prescriptive elements. We think that we need to follow step A through Z to get it right and to have it work. And really, we should be focusing on the concepts, right? And applying them to our own life in a way that makes sense to us. Because the way that it works for me or works for you isn't necessarily going to work for the listener, right? So they have to do a little bit of work themselves and, and to, to their own life. So when I say find a check-in method, it can be anything. Um, it can be something physical, right? Like you said, that can have a powerful, powerful effect. Um, when I was first writing this book and I was talking to some people about the ideas like, one woman mentioned like, oh my God, I actually carry around like a little action figure. <laughs> like that reminds me to be brave and strong. I was like, that's amazing. Like if that was in my pocket, it would mean nothing. <laughs> it would mean like, oh my God, <laughs> my son left a toy somewhere again. I got to pick this up. <laughs> but it, find something that makes sense to you. And it doesn't need to be anything physical. It can be um, like you already mentioned, alarm on your phone, a recurring alarm that sends you a message. So you customize that means something to you. I know clients that have had success with post-it notes left around the house, right? Like there was a client I was working with that she had a, a real bad habit of worrying about the future, like getting really anxious and, and going down rabbit holes of, I need to control the outcome. I need to figure this out. And within the same day that we started speaking, she's like, okay, I'm going to put some post-it notes up. I think that'll work for me. And she sent me a long email the next day. She's like, you have no idea how helpful this has been. Like already like seven times I've seen the post-it note and just stopped. I've gone like, wait a minute. Oh my God. I was just down this rabbit hole. I didn't even realize it, but checking in allowed me to put the stop on it. Right. And I'm thinking like, man, like how much time and energy you can get back, right. You can reclaim that we're losing to these autopilot habits that aren't serving us. So yeah, I mean, uh, something physical, an alarm, a post-it note, if you want to get social about it, involve a friend, have like an accountability partner where if someone is on the same mission as you serve as check-in buddies, send each other some texts a few times a day, just telling, you know what I mean? Wake up or how's the check-in going or whatever, whatever works for you guys. There's lots of ways to do it. And I encourage creativity and to have fun with it. Yeah. And what's interesting with the alarm clock that I've been doing, right? I've literally only been doing it for like two weeks, but I find that I'm already getting into the habit. So like even before my alarm goes off, I'm like already looking at the time. It's like, I automatically <laughs> know that it's 2 PM and it's 4 PM. Yeah. And like, usually at 3:58, I'm like, okay, like I actually know that my alarm is going to go off in like two minutes and I'm already affirming. And, you know, I take like flower essences as well. I'm working with the flower essences. Okay. So it's like, 
I'm also taking the flower essence drops. And it's like, I think my, my brain is already getting used to that. And so, Mm. you know, the more you do it, the more it becomes your new way of like living and like thinking and being, you know? Absolutely. And something I talk about too, with loops back on the self-compassion is you almost have to go meta and, and check in on your check-in once in a while. Because for example, like I've had some say like alarms, I I say it's a great idea for some people. For me, it's a terrible idea because I, I've come to hate alarms so much that even if I, if it works for a day or two to go, yeah, okay, be grateful. That works by day three. I'm like, no, screw you. Like I turn it off. (laughs) I get so angry. Right. So if I don't check in on my check-in right once in a while and go like, wait a minute, that's not serving me anymore. Okay. I need to switch it up because it's totally okay to become complacent right with whatever method is it was working for you but is no longer working for you again there's no point in beating yourself up and going like oh man this isn't working anymore it's like okay instead of being judgmental and putting a period there be curious and ask a question like okay how can i switch it up like what was working for me before and why and how can i kind of change it so it is working for me again yeah absolutely and have you seen any like examples that you can share when it comes to the power of mindfulness, like any transformations that you have personally seen in your work? Yeah. Well, I mean, that the client I just talked about um, for, we worked together for a month and we still keep in touch. And she said that, you know what I mean? That even that simple act of checking in has curbed her anxiety about the future, right? About, it's not necessarily that she quote unquote cured that habit to start in the first place to start down the rabbit hole, but she's created a system in her life where she can recognize it a lot sooner and, and can get that, that time energy back. One of the magical things about checking in too, about kind of like we talked about earlier, kind of recognizing your own programming, because when we're on autopilot and we don't do this work, like we have no idea what thoughts are running around in our head, right? Kind of in our subconscious, so to speak. So when I started checking in, I had a huge transformation because I had no idea how often I was looking backwards. Like I was spending so much time mulling over past regrets and failures. And like, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'd say like up to 80% of my like just free thinking time, right? Once I started checking in, I was like, man, eight times out of 10 that I check in, I was just in some past memory beating myself up for oh I wonder what if what would have happened if this had whatever so that was hugely powerful to recognize that but then it became okay what am I going to do about it right I don't want to do this anymore I want that time and energy back so I sat with it for for a few days and what I eventually realized was that I was essentially standing on top of a mountain looking down with a megaphone in my hand looking down at all these past failures or regrets or what ifs and just yelling, like, you screwed up, you weren't enough, right? You made the wrong mistake. Like, how could you not have seen that? Clearly, I was kicking myself when I was already down, right? It was just a terrible, terrible habit. And I realized that what I was essentially doing was I was expecting my past self to have my current level of knowledge and wisdom and, and applying it backwards as if that was some fair thing to do, right? Like, of course, like, you should have seen this coming. Well, no, (laughs) I didn't see it coming because I didn't know what I know now. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. I already have this megaphone in my hand. So that's when self-compassion was the first time it clicked for me in my life. It it popped into my head for some reason. I'd never really practiced it before, but I was like, I'm going to give it a try. 
So instead of yelling, you suck and you screwed up and you're a failure. Instead, I went, I forgive you. It was a wholesale forgiveness. There was no trial for did this memory deserve to be forgiven or did this past version of myself deserve to think that I did good enough. It was a wholesale, like, I absolutely forgive you. And I swear I like started floating. <laughs> like it was so much weight gone, right? That I was just dragging around with me. And honestly, anytime after that day and to this day that if I check in a couple seconds into realizing that I am going down that rabbit hole of thinking about the past, like I've trained myself at this point that immediately I go, wait a minute, I already forgave you for this. All right, moving on. And it's gone. I love that so much. And I'm going to use that in my own practice as well, because I sometimes like to mull over the past as well. You know, it's like, why did I say that? Like, why didn't I see it this way? Like, how come I saw it that Mm -hmm. way? Like, how could I not have known? You know, it's like, why did I do this? And now I think I'm just going to be like, you know what? I did the best that I could with the information that I had at the time. And you're right in thinking that I am not this person now in the past. And I couldn't have been, you know, it's like everything that I had to go through made me this person. So I have mm-hmm. like, I have a new way of thinking. I have new information and new knowledge and I operate from that space now, but back then I couldn't have. So yeah, just, I guess right. being kind to my past self is really important. So that that's a really good reminder for myself as well. Well, Matt, um, this has been amazing and I've had such a great chat with you. I really thought that we were just going to talk about mindfulness, but you know, really now I realize that mindfulness is so much deeper. It's about loving yourself and, you know, feeling Mm. deserving enough of everything that you want in your life. Absolutely. And tell our listeners where they can find you or if they want to work with you, where they can go. Yeah. So I'm very active on Instagram right now. I've, I've really enjoyed um, just throwing, you mean, some quick daily videos up there of concepts from the book and, and concepts that pop up from conversations like this. Um, so yeah, listeners can follow me at don't think mindfulness on Instagram. And yeah, I'll give you a link that you can put in the show notes. Um, I have a landing page up for my book and it's actually a free resource. So people can go on there, um, sign up for the newsletter and get the book for free. So I actively encourage people to take it. It's a fairly quick read. And yeah, I really love hearing from people on Instagram or through my email on the website that, yeah, what works for you? Like what check-in methods um, worked for you? Which ones didn't? Because uh, I, I love creating a little community around helping each other out through this this adventure, right? Because we can learn from each other and remind each other that, exactly what we've talked about today that I mean it's it's okay to to fall off the wagon right it's it's okay to just remind yourself that you know what I mean I'm just going to try again and and you're always learning lessons and and yeah so I'll give you the link um but the link is dontthinkmindfulness.thinkific.com you can download it there and yeah one-on-one coaching is available um so so get a hold of me I love doing um like little four-week uh, engagements with people to get them on track to uh, figuring out what mindfulness is for them and how to break through those barriers. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you mentioned the community aspect as well. That's been huge in my journey, just, you know, being around people that are on a similar path and, 
you know, like you don't mm-hmm. have to do this alone. And this is why I just always tell people like, it's okay to tell your friends or to find a community that you click with. And when you go together, you go far. Right. So that's why I love right. the community Absolutely. aspect. Thank you yeah. so much for speaking to us. Yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure, Sakina, and, and I hope to hear many more podcasts in the future. I would love to know what you learned from this episode. What were your main takeaways? Please connect with me over on Instagram and YouTube at SoulSense with Silkina. Also give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. I read every single one of them and I love them. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to Soul Sense with Silkina wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.